0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Texans win their second straight overtime game. Nothing coming easy for this team, but believe it or not, they're just one game out of the AFC South lead after starting the season 0-3. It's crazy, but welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from Fanside's houseofhouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. The final score, 19 to 16. And, uh, you know, this is one where I'm going to be taking a little bit easy. I'm going to let Brian talk for the most part. Uh, I had an appendectomy two days ago. I'm I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm a little dizzy. I'm still in some serious pain uh, trying to fight my way through this. But, uh, Brian, let me just get your opening thoughts about this game.
1: From the start, you know, I I was worried about how we were going to go out there, whether it was going to be sputtered on offense or the defense was going to lapse, but we didn't see any of that this game. We did get to the red zone. We were successful in getting there, but it was all about converting. We ended up being one for five, and that's a difference maker as far as why this game wasn't a blowout versus us, you know, duking it out in overtime. But really pleased that, you know, for the most part, we played a game that – was minimal on the penalties. I believe he had five, and um, it was for minimal yards. It was the Cowboys that were racking up all the penalties, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, just, I'm pleased with the uh, the output. I wish we would have been able to put more points up on the board, but ultimately you got the W in this season. It's definitely – it's uh, still, uh, you know, up for grabs as far as where we're headed this season.
0: Yeah, they got lucky because Jacksonville loses to the Chiefs. Not not surprising, but still, uh, you know, that, that didn't look like a really good performance by Jacksonville. And Bortles starting to show the old Bortles stuff. And then uh, you also had the Titans losing to the Bills. I mean, couldn't have expected that one either. So uh, for sure. So you got DeAndre Hopkins in this game, though, with nine catches. 151 yards, the play and overtime was the difference in the ball game, Brian. I mean, he's just ridiculous. I don't know what else there is to say about DeAndre Hopkins at this point.
1: He saved us, saved us right at the end there, you know, for overtime. I mean, and we got to talk about this man Um, with Deshaun, you know, he went to the medical tent, you know, he, he got hurt there. I don't know if it's a rib, if it's a shoulder But he was doing short little dunk passes to uh, Alfred Blue. Now, that one big catch that DeAndre Hopkins was able to make to get us, you know, uh, close enough to kick the field goal to win the game, that was a nice shot. But especially the one he gave to uh, DeAndre, you know, for the 49-yard gain, you know, he was breaking tackles. He was juking guys. I mean, he was doing it just like, you know, the quarterback that threw it to him. I mean – they work real well together and it, you know, truly, truly, we're just blessed to have DeAndre Hopkins on this team. The, um, I would have to say one of the lone bright spots from the 2013 draft. That was an awful draft.
0: Yeah. The, the pretty much only bright spot from that draft, Uh, Deshaun 33 for 44, 375 yards, one TD, one interception, but overall he played his best game of the season Without question, he's playing better every week. The only thing I don't like, Brian, is how often he's getting hit, and, and that's going to catch up to him.
1: Yeah, and, you know, DeAndre did actually allude to that, you know, in the press conference, saying that he doesn't have to take those hits um, if he doesn't have to, and that, that was a whole situation there. Um, you know, it, it, especially with the play that he threw, it turned out to be an interception. It was right before overtime started. And you know, he gets just creamed by guys and he just, you know, tosses it up in the air and then it becomes the interception. I wish he would have been able to think about what to do with the football um uh, that would have been a lot more, you know, smarter in terms of maybe just, you know, spiking it or or doing something to where it wouldn't be it would be a situation where it wouldn't cost us a turnover Luckily, uh we were able to convert it, we were able to win the game, but uh that's, that's my main thing about Deshaun is that uh, when he does hold on to the ball too long, bad things can happen. Luckily, with this game, the offensive line held. And, you know, at this game, we looked at uh, Martinez Rankin went to the bench. You had Julian Davenport start at left tackle, Kendall Lamb on the right side. Things seemed to be shored up, in my opinion, with those two guys there. No penalties uh, that, that were accrued. Uh, at least on those parts, uh, at least in those guys' regards. But um, I think that's just the way to go. Julian Davenport is more of a natural left tackle than he is uh, at right. And and people will say he's just awful, period. You know, I was talking to folks on House Houston on Twitter saying that he's awful. I'm like, no, he's just a good left tackle. And I know versatility is the buzzword, you know, for these guys But uh, sometimes, you know, you got to put guys where they are most effective. And and who cares if he can't play right tackle now? Maybe in the future he can. He just needs to practice that. He needs to work at it. But right now it's about winning games and putting guys, you know, where they need to be to make us more effective.
0: Yeah, it only took him five weeks to listen to Robert and Brian and put (laughs) Julian Davenport back where he's supposed to be.
1: We we were already telling – Bill O'Brien wasn't listening to us. That was the whole situation there. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say that Bill O'Brien called a great game. He called a okay game. I mean, he didn't screw things up for, for the most part. So um, there were some questionable calls, you know, particularly the fourth and goal. I believe it was right before the half uh, where, you know, all you needed was the one yard to to get across the line. Not sure why they didn't run that. Were they worried that they were going to stuff the box? I'm not sure, but it looked like they went in the shotgun formation with with it being that close. And then Deshaun Watson just starts taking off, and of course they're going to figure out a way to stop him. So I, I don't I don't understand it. I just, you know, that's that's one of the play calls I don't understand. But. uh But for the most part, Deshaun was able to do what he does best, you know, perform when the bright lights are on. And he was able to go out there and help us get this win. I sure hope that that man is okay because if he is not, that's our season. But he has consistently said he said in the press conference, I'm okay, I'm all right. But again. That's just I, I I mean, if I get hurt, I don't want anybody to know that I'm hurt unless, you know, I have to have people evaluate me first and let me know uh, what's going on with me. But uh, let's just hope that this man is OK, because the season of Brandon Weed and quarterbacking for these remaining games, that's not something I want to see. And I know, uh, you know you guys you the listeners out here you you probably wouldn't want to hear that or see that uh, as well.
0: Yeah, we talked to, we were talking about the Deshaun Watson and he's got to take care of himself and you know it's not just it's not just uh he needs to get down uh at times more often when he's running, you know, running with the football, he's trying to do stuff. Sometimes just you know, live another day, you know, that kind of thing. The other thing is, you know, there were times where he just holds onto the ball to the last, last possible second, and he gets smashed. You mentioned the interception, and we got to talk about, you know, the offensive line played pretty well, but that play, Kendall Lamb, Zach Fulton, and Alfred Blue had two guys to block, and somehow three guys missed both guys, like totally whiffed on two guys. Three guys whiffed on two guys. I don't even know how that happens, but uh, that that was a travesty. We're going to get into – the offensive line, some other stuff in in just a second. But just want to remind everybody to get all of your NBA previews this week at Locked On NBA, six teams a day, five days a week, five days in the week, uh, 30 teams previewed from the local experts of Locked On NBA. Follow Locked On NBA on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. All right, Brian, we got to talk about uh, our sponsor, my bookie.
1: If you think you can make money off of Texas or you'd like to put a few bucks on a few games this week, go to mybookie.ag. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over/unders, and fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. Again, if you wait until 6 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKDOWN25. Go ahead and wait till after dinner, and I take the money. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
0: All right, Brian, there was some good stuff we mentioned to Sean. We mentioned DeAndre. Definitely some stuff to build on on this game, but uh, the red zone issues continue. The Texans, five trips inside the five. Only one time did they score a touchdown. Does anybody miss Arian Foster? I mean, this is this is like something I thought about this whole game. Like Arian Foster would have scored touchdowns for us.
1: Absolutely, it, just being able to have that natural um, ability to find the holes. You know, he would even though our offensive line was a lot better back then you know, Arian Foster would just be able to create those holes and to create those lanes for him to get through and pick up the yards that you need. But you saw it consistently, like they were doing with Lamar Miller, which is probably the reason why he's he's ailing now. He was active for this game, but we didn't see him, is because they keep continuing to run up the middle for, you know, one yard. You know, what, what's that? It's like a waste of a down, honestly, when they do it like that. Um, you know, I I would just see Blue in a more – Uh, You know, because he can catch passes, too, and they use him that way, too. And we actually uh, he was able to gain uh, quite a bit of yardage, you know, just with with the passes out out to, uh, you know, those short screen passes out to Alfred Blues. So I really, really do think that uh, they mismanage whenever they they go that route, when they just run them up the middle, because you just know that it's it's not going to be, you know, anything good coming out of that. But, um, you know, he was able to have a good game. And, you know, when all said and done, I can't wait to see the pro football focus grades. I think he will come out to be pretty decent. Pretty sure he'll be in the mid 70s.
0: Yeah. Blue. You talking about blue. He caught eight passes I, I, and uh, it's, you know, it's a good game for him uh, oh, yeah. with what he had to work with. But O'Brien, no confidence in Tyler Irvin or Buddy Howell to even play one snap at running back with Lamar nicked up. Alfred Blue plays
1: every dang snap and then you worry about nicking him up i forgot about buddy how we signed him you know right before the season started um i i wouldn't trust tyler you know running the football um i, I would honestly you know you worry about him getting hurt because he has already taken some some pretty darn bad hits you know whenever he's returning the ball but i i really do think that um Lamar Miller does have to get back because I think things would have been a little different had Lamar Miller been able to play uh, just for the sheer fact that he is, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit more finesse than Alfred Blue uh, with this level of play. We may have been able to get more yards. But again, Alfred Blue is a formidable back. What I'm really rating on is when Deontay Foreman gets back. Because that's when the running game is going to seriously get be kicked into overdrive. But again, he's coming off. You know, was it an MCL? He had it. You know, he tore that up. Uh, so you, you have to be cautious and wait and see if if he's going to be that man that he was that scored that touchdown right before he went down with injury. Um, you know, on that particular play, it's just. Um, Just sad to see him, you know, in this state. But, uh, you know, I I just really would love for the running game to to be established. We had a good start with it in the season. Then it was stymied a bit. But when you look at the overall picture for this for this uh, for this game. Over 400 yards of offense. I mean, compared to the Cowboys, which, you know, they had half of that. So uh, you look at the score, it should have been a lot uh, more than what it was. We shouldn't have had to go into overtime. But again, getting into the red zone, stalling, that's a whole situation there.
0: On the defensive side, Kareem Jackson and Justin Reed with interceptions. Brian Reed's uh, was a great diving play and give Jonathan Joseph an assist because he knocked the ball away from the receiver. That was a key part of that one, too.
1: Absolutely. Jonathan Joseph, and he knew that there were going to be – that's who they were going to be picking on for this game. It was he and Zach Cunningham, which, by the way, um, he was able to perform, I think, pretty decently against the run whenever he was put you know, where he needed to be, especially in coverage. So I I, th- I thought he was pretty good there. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Joseph, I, I thought he had found the fountain of youth again. Once again, the 34-year-old out there, you know, covering his assignments, uh, you know, as the Jonathan Joseph of old, you, you're not going to get this every game out of Jonathan Joseph, but, uh, you know, you you appreciate those finer points you know, that, you know, he, that he has uh, out there. So I'm really... Um, you know, proud of Joseph for, for what he did. Um, you know, this is what we expect him to do, but I really was really I was scared that this was going to be the guy they were gonna pick on consistently and he wasn't gonna be able to stand up to the challenge. Uh and he and he did. By the way, Sharice Wright had some nice plays too. He had a he had a nice tackle. Going into our other uh quarter, you know, our other cornerback, Kayvon Webster. Came out of the gate, nice tackle, but he got a quad injury right right before the half, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So we may not see him next week. So a guy that we waited for to make his debut all season is now going to be back on the shelf. And that's been pretty much the story of Webster's uh, career as of late. He can't seem to get back on the field. He can't seem uh, to, to stay healthy. That means we may need to have to go out there and look for another cornerback. Do we have enough depth to... Um, one of my, uh, here at the house of Houston, you know, the, the site that I run, you guys know about it. Um, I was, we were talking about an idea of what, if, what would it take to trade for Peterson, Patrick Peterson, the Cardinals, Cardinals aren't going anywhere. This is a rebuilding year. Would they listen to an offer if we tried to trade for Patrick Peterson? Rob, I want to know what your thoughts are on this. But he's a guy that certainly would, would change things immediately if we were to bring him in. But would the cost be too high? And is it worth doing it at this point in the season?
0: It just doesn't seem like a Texans thing to do. Uh, you know, <laughs> getting star players—it's it's, you just don't see it happen very often. Um, and, and Kayvon Webster—you know—I think you said he was out by the half. I, I don't remember him playing more than the first series, and he looked good in the first series. Yeah, and then yeah. and then he got hurt, and he was done for the game. And you know, we could say. Oh well, the Texans' cornerbacks looked good, and eh, they were—they looked much better. But we got—we also have to remember that they're fortunate that the Cowboys don't have really good wide receivers. I mean, that was a big part of it too.
1: I wonder if they regret not having Dez on that team because I really do think that he would have been able to change things, especially for this game, uh, just being the the target that that he is and the the type of presence that that he commands. But obviously, you know, they thought about. How, what's its effect on the locker room? His presence there is it is it going to be you know affecting the team? But uh, good for us, we were able to take advantage of it, and um, it's a, that's the way I feel about that.
0: Uh, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, please tell your friends, and also you can support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers, and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so email lockedontexans at mail dot com for questions or comments. And Brian. You were at the Texans game for, for this one and uh, people can go to the Texans game and they can do it through our sponsor, Vivid Seats, can't they?
1: That's right. That's right. If you, know, you just don't want to watch the Texans from home, when you can be at NRG Stadium in person, thanks to Vivid Seats, they offer great prices for NFL games and all live events. And our listeners receive $20 orders off orders of $200 or more. If you're a first-time customer, just use our promo code, the exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word. All Vivid Seats confirms orders are backed by 100% guarantee. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game. And Vivid Seats wants to help you get into the game.
0: All right, Brian, uh, we haven't talked much about J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. They were making a couple plays out there, but the problem is Dak Prescott, uh, he's a hard guy to bring down. I mean, he was staying on his feet. It was was incredible, uh, the job that he was doing, just able to fight those guys off. And you you think of those two guys as the two of the toughest in the the NFL if they got their arms
1: wrapped around you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, did you see the hit that it was toward the end of the game in the fourth quarter. JJ Watt just comes out of nowhere and and just creams Dak Prescott. I mean, that that's the type of hit that you're going to be feeling uh in the morning. But then you look at it, you're thinking, "Oh, you know, you're wondering if a flag would have been uh, you know, put out there because he kind of got to him a little late, but it looks like the refs they they just decided to go on and let that go. Um, it was, it was a great play. I got on my feet about it, you know, when, when it happened, but, but you worry about that Clowney was able to get to a merciless, you know, even merciless, you know, stood out for a bit. I mean, not, I wouldn't say the merciless of old is back, but I I saw some improvement out of him tonight. Yeah. He, he was visible enough to make some effect. Yeah. But, uh, just, just having all those guys healthy it's just terrific uh, in terms of that defensive line because it makes us so much better if we could continue to play like this you know for the rest of the season you know, I know this was a national game and, you know, they were extra amped because they were on a national stage, you know, with the bright lights and whatnot. But I think they should approach that with every game. Anytime we're playing at noon, just like a regular game, they should take the same approach with the Bills. You would think that they would want to do it, but it seems like, you know, when we get back to our normal time slots, you know, bad things uh, start to happen. And you're not going to play a perfect game. Uh, we really need to work on that red zone, but it, it's just a situation where, this is the best game I've seen, you know, in all of the the, the, the weeks that we have looked at football for Houston, Texas, going in, back into last season, too. I mean, you know, uh, all the way up to about the Seahawks game back in 2017, everything else after that was garbage and up to this point uh, was garbage. So I just want to see better football being played out on the field. And uh, keep those penalties down. And if you're racking up the penalties, make sure that they don't hurt you uh, in the long run. Speaking of penalties, um, you know, the one that uh, that DeAndre Hopkins was able to get, it almost was a touchdown catch. But, you know, the guy was all over his back. And there was one earlier in the game where um, it wasn't called and the crowd was all into it uh, as well. They were putting single coverage on DeAndre because they didn't know exactly what to do with Kiki. Kiki just changes everything uh, Whatever you put him in uh, to the mix, you know, because you can't you can't give one guy too much attention because you've got too many guys that can burn you. You've got Will Fuller, the deep ball threat, you know, right there as well. So I, I really do feel that, uh, you know, it's, it's just caused a disadvantage. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins does best. He is so good. He's able to you know guys that are covering them they just rack up the penalties and there was some stat last season where he led the league there was a set that he had conjured up yeah where he drew you know the most penalties out of all the wide receivers So I don't know if you remember that Rob but I think he was up there in terms of uh where he was ranked
0: yeah Kiki with six catches 51 yards and a touchdown yeah it's good you mentioned him because he made a hell of an impact. And, you know, you, you talked about this team playing as well as they played. And then you said, except for the red zone issues, well, the red zone issues were the deal. I mean, they, they scored 16 points and then the NFL these days, 16 points in regulation is, is not that good. So no, they have, they, they've got a lot of work to do and it's not just, you know, it's not just, well, Hey, they played great all the way. No, the, the red zone is that's as big a part of the game. When you, when you do four trips inside the five yard line, and, and and four of your or four of your five trips inside the five yard line, you come away with three field goals and nothing to show for it. On the other one, I mean, you know, and I asked the I asked uh, people on Locked On Texans on our Twitter account. I said, would you have gone for it on fourth and one there, fourth and goal, last play of the first half? And everybody said uh, pretty much, yeah, they would. It was about eighty three percent said, yeah, they would have gone for it. Uh, now I, I know a lot of those people probably disagreed with the play call or what they did there. Uh, But a couple of key things that I wanted to point out on that play, Deshaun scrambles, right? Well, if he would have scrambled left, I mean, I I watched that play a couple of different times. I reround it and kept watching it because I was wondering Uh what happened on that. If he scrambles left, there's, there was three receivers that the Texans had in the end zone. Somebody would, and, and and that was all that was out there. So there were three defenders and three receivers. So somebody would have had to commit to, De- to Deshaun. If you commit to Deshaun, then that leaves one of the receivers open. If they don't commit to Deshaun at that point, then Deshaun scores. So I think Deshaun, I think it was wrong for him to try to go on the right side. There, It was the longer field. There was more. There was more guys over there to st- stop him, and there wasn't the Texans' receivers that were on the other side. That's where you want to go. You want to go on the receiver side, so they got to commit a little bit to you. Um, I thought that was a key part of, of, of one of the plays. Um, you know, there was another play where uh, Deshaun threw it in the red zone behind Ryan Griffin on third and goal at the one yard line. If he just leads Ryan Griffin, that's a touchdown. So you know, as good as a game as Deshaun had, I mean, those are two huge plays that Deshaun could have made with a good throw and a right decision and instead of you know two threes you get two sevens out of that or well, actually one of them you got zero so instead of one three you get two sevens it's a difference between 14 points and three points and I mean those are the those are the difference I mean you know Deshaun's doing better stuff but there's still things where he he's got to be a little bit sharper and I know we, we want to criticize Bill O'Brien. That's the easy thing to do. Or we want to criticize the offensive line. And I think the offensive line played much, much better this game than they've played uh, probably all season long. Um, outside of that one thing where Deshaun got intercepted and nobody blocked the two guys that I mentioned before. Um, but that's, to me, that's the stuff where you turn into a really good team from this. What I would say is a very mediocre Texans team right now. I mean, yeah, they've won two straight games. They've won them in overtime. They've won them against teams that most people aren't expecting to be good teams this year. So the Texans have a lot of work to go. Uh, I still would like to see this defense really come up with one dominant performance this year. I didn't feel like this was a a dominant performance uh, in a situation where you've got a not good offense with Dak Prescott and and no wide receivers to help him out. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was kind of banged up at times. So, I mean, I don't know. Those are some of my final thoughts, Brian. You disagree with any of that?
1: I I would just have to say that with uh Deshaun Watson when when you had mentioned about the decisions he made, relatively his decisions were good. Yeah, and of course he's not going to, you know, play perfect, but uh yeah, he he still, there were some instances where he was holding on to the ball uh, too long, way too long, and then, you know, he, it puts them in a situation, you know, where they are in a third and long, and then they have to go out and, you know, figure out how they're going to convert that. They were 5 15, 5 5-for-15 as far as, uh, you know, third downs uh, for today, so their efficiency uh, wasn't all that great. The Cowboys, they were right there, too. I think they were 4-for-14 four or something uh, right around there, but... uh In terms of uh, what Deshaun, he looked very poised uh, tonight. He didn't look like, you know, that this was something that was bigger than him, like that he couldn't handle the pressure. He looked very relaxed, very calm, just like the guy we saw uh, through those seven games last season um you know not the, the the one that we saw in week 1 who looked very tentative scared rusty you know all words you could all the words you could use to describe uh Deshawn you know at this time uh, you know but not now i mean he's he's back to his old back to his old self and i'm really really uh, happy for that and let's just hope that it continues let's just hope that this man uh is is certainly healthy but um as far as the, the depth at quarterback, it really, really concerns me, you know, with Webster not going to likely be available. And uh, you, you think about that constantly. I'm pretty sure the Texans have a plan for it, but I, I doubt that it would be adequate enough to push us over the top. So that way, you know, we can make a dent, you know, in this division. I think we, we still have a shot. If we want to make the playoffs, all we have to do is drink some games together and and we're there. We it, all it takes is just getting there, and then you know, going you know from there, you would just be able to you know knock out the competition from from there.
0: Yeah, they've they've got to get a lot better. I mean, in, in a lot of different yeah. areas, it, it's it's they haven't solved everything, but they are improving from week to week. We'll see. They got the Bills. Hopefully, that's a game that you you take care of business there, and then you're three and three. You're at five hundred six games into the season, and then you you bounce from there, and hopefully. Uh, you can start getting things together a little bit more consistently. consistently. Uh, Will Fuller, you know, hopefully he gets back to being 100% because we didn't see a whole lot of Will Fuller in this game. I think a lot of that was to do with the, the injury that he suffered last week. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, QT and Deshaun are also kind of nursing injuries. But, I mean, y- y- you've got all sorts of weapons now on offense. Let's talk about the Texans don't have anybody on offense as far as weapons goes. That Throw that out the window because they've got – all sorts of weapons. Uh, you know this. This team is blinders on. <laughs> this this team is, and the offensive line isn't that bad anymore. We're, we're the, the holes are starting to, you know, you're you're starting to put some some real, you know, uh, you know, th- dikes in the dam, I guess, styrofoam. or something like that. Yeah, a styrofoam in there. <laughs> so whatever you want to call it, but yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one thirty in the morning, so I'm not, I'm, I can't think of the words I'm looking for <laughs> right now, but. Yeah, I me mean, too, brother. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get back with you guys again this week uh, on a daily basis. And uh, don't forget, you can get more Texans content on com with Andy Rio and Calvin Crawford doing fantastic work writing stories. Brandon Gimple as well. Look for Brian's work on the Texans, Astros and Rockets on HouseOfHouston.com. Uh, if you want to hear my takes on the Rockets and the Astros, listen to me and my co-host R.G. Seal on our Houston Sports Talk podcast. We're trying to give you some postgame stuff on the Astros this week and uh, what's going on with the series with the Cleveland Indians so we'll keep up with that but uh, as for the Texans uh, they, they get it done it wasn't easy but 19 uh, to 16 the final Kaimi Fairbairn four field goals including the game winner only missed the 48 yarder but overall uh, he did his did, did good work for him and the Texans pull it out uh, we'll talk to you again soon as always thanks for making us a part of your week